I heard the sound of the hammer upon the nail. I saw the pain in his eyes as from grace he fell. I saw Mary as she knelt and watched in awe. His crimson blood of life began to fall. was rolled away inside the tomb it was empty where he had lain I saw the scriptures being fulfilled just like he said on that third day he me 
when he died on Calvary, he gave his life for fallen man. His love, his love is a boundless love, and it reaches down and touches me. His love, his love is an endless love that will last for all eternity. sin is sight. He will never fail you. When the doubts assail you, he'll be with you day and night. His love, his love is a boundless love, and it reaches down and touches me. to love you there is not above you you are precious in his sight he will never fail you when the doubts assail you he'll be with you day and night his love his love is a boundless love and it reaches down and touches me For all eternity. Oh, his love, love is a boundless love, and it reaches down and touches me. Touches me. His love, love is an endless love that will last for all eternity. Touches me. His love is an endless love that will last for all eternity. His love, his love, his love, his love, his love, his love is a boundless
from his great judgment. Ready or not, he's coming again. Ready or not, the Lord is coming. Ready or not, he's coming again. Will your lamp be trimmed and burning? Ready or not, he's coming again. Will the
Thank you for the offering. You give just right again. <laughs> I want to bring you greetings from Zimbabwe. Um, I'm Pat Roser. If you haven't met me before, Mark's wife. And my two boys are with us today, Nathan, who's sitting there, and Ethan, who went out with the Children's Church. And just want to uh, thank the Lord for all of you. Just want to share with you the life that is in this church. It really needs to go out there wherever you are uh, when you have your church picnic 
just share it with someone else who doesn't know the Lord. Um, it, what you have is so powerful. It is uh, so needed in this dark world. You know, when we cross the ocean and we come back to America, there are so many contrasts that we see in the culture here to where we have been. And you have the life of God in you to share with others. How do we do it? We do it because we are dead and Christ is now living in us. This is how we live this life. I just want to share a few scriptures with you as I was meditating this morning in my devotions. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2 I'd like to share with you. I'm sorry, verse 12. There it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And the words that I want to emphasize today is that the word of God is living, and it is powerful. Another translation says it is active. So that means that it is fresh, it's alive, it's effective for this moment now. It's never stale. It's as though it is warm off the lips of our God for this moment now, wherever you are, wherever you're living. How can you go to another culture? How can you go uh, to the other side of the world? Because God's word is always powerful, always living. It's always effective for every culture in the earth today. Isn't that exciting? Also, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 10, let's just take a moment and go there. Romans 5 and verse 10. It says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. How do we stay out of sin? How do we live this life victoriously? That's where I see the struggle here in America. We live it by the life we are saved by. And it is every moment, it is now that we live this life. It's not yesterday, the song that we sang then. It's the song that we sing today. So let's go and look at that word for a moment, active, effective, for every situation. Why is it effective? Because we are to allow time for the word of God. If it's not living in our life today, perhaps we're not giving it time. We just need to give it some time in our day. Spend a little time with the word of God, communing with it, meditating on it, communing with our Savior, who's always compassionate, our high priest in the heavenlies, who is always sensitive to where we are now. And we're to sing it. That's what we were doing this morning. 
We're to read it and we're to repeat it over and over again. We're to build ourselves up with it. So if you go to the word and it brings condemnation into your life, it's a sign that uh, the devil is just taking that word and beating you. Rather, the word of God is to affirm you. It's to build you. It's to put the armor on to live this life, the war that we're in. It's to defeat the devil in your life, wherever you are. And it's to be your declaration of who you are to other people around you. That's what you do with the word of God. So I just trust that the living selves that you are are going to multiply. It's a joy to be with you. It's a, it's a joy to partake of the life that's here in this church. God bless you all. And before I go, I just want to share with all of you, Mark and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary, uh, well, almost two years ago, a year and a half ago now. And Cindy and Larry, just want to thank them again. They provided our cake, decorations on our cake, and also Sue came and sang a special song and just thank you all for being a part of our great celebration. It was a wonderful day for us. Good morning. Good to be here with you this morning. Young people, keep singing for the Lord. It was blessed. I sense God's anointing and gifting. And we need to see the next generation rise up. Before I bring the word of God to you, I want to thank you for your partnership, enabling us to do what we're doing in Zimbabwe. And even while we're here in the United States, we're doing more materially over the last few months being in the States than we were able to do while we were in Zimbabwe. We're doing $1,500 a month to 10 different groups that are caring for children who've lost their parents. And that money goes a long way and feeding children and providing for them. So we're channeling resources as a bridge ministry at this time while we're in the States. The greatest resource is people. We had a couple of young people from Lee University, pastoral majors, return just a week ago after being there for a month. They had a tremendous time. Later, on the 13th of September, another gentleman will be going to be in Zimbabwe as well. We're believing God that while we're here in the States, we're going to be able to channel God's resources. And also, like this morning, as we minister around, encourage the people of God. I want to encourage you from the Word of God this morning. If you've got your Bible, I want to take you to Luke chapter 12. And as you're turning over there, I have been thinking a lot about time what the Bible teaches regarding time, about this present time, the time we are living in. And here in Luke chapter 12, Jesus speaks about this present time. We're going to spend a little bit of time this morning looking at Jesus' teaching in the Gospel of Luke regarding time. And my prayer is, is that the Holy Spirit will take something and apply it to your life. Speak to you right where you're at. Because he said his word is living 
active and alive. Luke chapter 12, we're going to spend our whole time in the Gospel of Luke. And in Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 54, Jesus speaks, Then he said also to the multitude, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, A shower is coming. And so it is. How quick we are to interpret the weather. Then he said also, And when you see the south wind blow, you say, There will be hot weather. And there is. Verse 56. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and the earth, but how is it you do not discern or interpret this time? I've been thinking a lot about what's next. Discerning and interpreting the time in which we live. Jesus, speaking to the people of his day, said, you can tell what kind of weather's coming by just looking at the sky. But why can't you tell what kind of time this is that you're living in? Today, we live in a day where we're so time conscious. We wear the time on our wrist. We get in our car, it's on the dashboard. Our phone normally tells us what time it is. We go into our home, it's on the wall. It's literally all around us. We know what time it is, chronologically speaking. We know when it's time to wake up, work time, off time, school time, bedtime, game time, half time. We got something called daylight savings time. Although I've never seen it save anybody any time. We're so time conscious, we know what time it is. But the question I would ask this morning is, what time is it really? What time is it? What time? Do you discern what time it is? People in Jesus' day, they were very aware to interpret weather, but they didn't know the times in which they were living. Now, it's so important to discern what time it is because discerning that lets you know what you should do. Discerning what time it is isn't just knowledge up here, it's action. Jesus was very sensitive to God's timing in his life. His brethren said to him, aren't you going up to the feast? He says, it's not time for me to go up. He said, any time seems right to you, but it's not time for me. I'll go up when it's time. Jesus was very sensitive to discern, to know God's kind of time in his life in order to know what he was to do. It says concerning the sons of Issachar, they understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Do you see, knowing the time translates to what they should do. 
We're to be like the Lord Jesus. Paul teaches in Romans 13, he says, and do this, understanding the present time. In the Gospel of Luke, as I began to study the words of Jesus, he speaks about different kinds of time, characteristic times, not chronological time, but kinds of time. In the same chapter, just backing up a few verses, he mentions the proper time, or the appointed time, or the, some translations render it, the due time. Look at verse 42. And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise servant? Notice faithful and wise whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food at the right time, at the due season, when it's appropriate. The servant is what? He's, he's faithful, but he's also wise. How many know those are two very important traits? He's dependable and responsible, and I've seen people who are very faithful, they continue to faithfully do what is right, but they lack sometimes wisdom to know what time it is that, okay, I need to do this. I need to, like a football team, would adjust to what's happening on the field. They wouldn't just keep doing the same thing. They'd realize, okay, I need to be wise. You know Solomon was wise? And he wrote, there is a time and a season for everything. Hmm? There's a time to sow. There's a time to reap. There's a time to speak. There's a time to be quiet and listen. That was very important in Esther's day. Mordecai sent a message to Esther to alert her as to what time it was. The whole nation was threatened with extinction, genocide. And he sent word to Esther because of the position she had in the king's court. He said, if you remain silent at this time, deliverance for the people will arise from another quarter, but you and your house will perish. Boy, it was important that she spoke at that time. And then he went on and said, for who knows whether for such a time as this you have come to the kingdom. It's very important that we discern what time it is. There's a time and a season for everything under heaven. Solomon was wise, but how many know he lacked fidelity to the Lord? We need both. Who is that wise and faithful servant to discern what's the proper time What's the appointed time? The scripture speaks often of an appointed time. And we're to be encouraged. The Bible says, let's not grow weary in well-doing. For at the appointed time, at the right time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't faint. We think it's always the right time. Hmm? We think it's always, the, I mean, in Zimbabwe, we've been in a crisis for seven years people of God there have been praying. We thought the time was 
due. It was appropriate for change to come. But how many know God's doing a deep, deep work in that nation? And there is an appointed time. And we can take comfort and not faint because we know at the right time. Some people in their lives, they believe it's time for promotion. It's time for advancement. It's time for something to happen outwardly in their life. Scripture says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you at the right time. There's a right time. Some people get exalted prematurely. They become puffed up with pride. And it's not a blessing. There's a right time. There's a due time. The scripture speaks often of this appointed time. God knows when it's the right time for something to happen personally in our life as well as in our life collectively. Now look in Luke chapter 8 concerning very important time that we need to recognize. We're going to return to this tonight, this time of testing. Jesus speaks of it in Luke 8 in the 13th verse. He says this, But the ones on the rock are those who when they hear receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in a time of temptation or a time of testing, a time of trials, same word in the Greek, they fall away. We need to recognize and understand there are times of testing. There are times of temptation. It's important to realize that when you're facing that time of temptation, it's good to be able to say, I recognize what kind of time this is. You ever seem like all hell broke loose on you? Things were coming at you from every quarter. It seemed like, wow, where's this coming from? Understand. This is a time of testing. During that time, things that are in our heart are brought to the surface. The pressures of life begin to squeeze us. God is wanting to do something in us through the testing, through the temptation. It's important that we recognize that kind of time. This evening I want to talk about as Pat mentioned just briefly, coming and going back and forth from Zimbabwe over 21 years, sometimes only back once in two years, in the early years, and coming back more often, I'm starting to sense, and I feel like God has really given me a word as to where the church is at in the United States, where believers are at, and the kind of temptations they're facing. And I want to speak this evening from 1 Kings 13, what I believe is a prophetic word will give us understanding regarding the testings that we face. There's a couple of tests there that a prophet from Judah faced. It's a very interesting story. I felt God gave me that when we were worshiping about a month ago for believers in America. I'll return to this time of testing this evening. But it's spoken of in Scripture. It says, let us come boldly to God's throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. I mean, the Bible speaks of a time of need. That's often as a result of testing and temptation and trials. Those needs begin to surface. We need to understand that. Look at Luke 20. What time is it? Luke chapter 20. 
verse 10. Jesus speaks here in verse 10 of harvest time. Now, at harvest time, or vintage time, he sent servants to the vine dresser. You see here, understanding what time it is dictated what needed to be done. It was harvest time. You need to know when it's harvest time because certain things need to happen. At harvest time. The scripture speaks in many places about harvest time. It's important we understand there is a harvest time. There's the ultimate, final, complete harvest at the end of the age where Jesus separates the wheat from the tares. But there are times of harvest that all point to that great harvest time. Again, that's meant to encourage us because the scripture is very clear. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. There's a harvest time. Whatever you sow, you are going to reap. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap of the Spirit, that which is eternal. Winston Churchill, in World War II, he understood what time it was in Europe. He understood that a policy of appeasing the Third Reich was not going to work. He understood the time and where people were at. And he became a statesman. Statesmen understand the time. He understood the fears they faced when he said, we don't have anything to fear but fear itself. He understood this would be their finest hour. He was able to discern what time it was. When we understand there's a harvest time, we're able to continue in well-doing, not faint, because we know at the right time we're going to harvest. Watched a very disturbing movie about Adolf Hitler in his final days. It was in German with subtitles, and you're able to follow closely those final days when he was held up in a bunker in Berlin. And the deception, how deceived, still thinking the war would turn. Here he had had all of Europe. Just a few years before that, he had, it seemed, the whole world. But how many know, whatever a man sows, that shall he reap had doubles, triples that looked like him to try to protect himself, ends up taking his own life with a gun. Others around him taking their life because they were deceived. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. In Zimbabwe, for some years now, they've been sowing to the wind policies that are self-centered, self-serving, those in power, preserving their own life. How many know if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it? Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. Well, we're reaping the whirlwind in Zimbabwe. We have inflation running at 4,000%. I mean, prices are doubling every week. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap because the Bible says there's a harvest time. Now, the time I want to get to is back a chapter in Luke 19 that is very significant. In Luke 19, Jesus speaks of such a crucial kind of time. Luke 19. How many know it's not the same time everywhere right now? 
Some places it's nighttime right now, daytime here. We got local time. Here Jesus speaks of a very important time for you and I to discern in our life. Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, enclose you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Why? Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Did not recognize, did not discern, did not interpret. This is the time of God coming to you. Do you know God comes to everyone? God comes He comes knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open, I'll come in. God comes to us, and when we discern the time of his visitation in salvation, oh, how wonderful. I was 19 years of age. I was at Xavier University. God came to me right where I was in my sin, in my lostness, in my self-centeredness, in my ignorance, and in my unbelief. He came to me. He visited me. The day of salvation. I remember when the Lord came to me some time after that in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power that I needed to live this Christian life and to be a witness, a shy, person, empowered, and God got a hold of my tongue. I remember God coming to me in the night and waking me up, and his spirit dealing with me, and him coming to me time and time again with a call to go to Zimbabwe, time of God's visitation. We need to recognize God coming to us. It says that Ruth when she was in Moab, heard that God had visited his people in providing bread. How many know God comes to bless? I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He doesn't come to take away. He comes to give. That's why Jesus wept. That's why he wished they had known the time of their visitation. But it was hidden. The things that make for their peace, it was Forty years later, the Roman general Titus besieged Jerusalem and fulfilled these words completely to a T. Because they didn't recognize the time of their visitation. Hosea the prophet says this, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. And break up your unplowed ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes to you. Did you get that? Seek the Lord until he comes to you, and you'll not miss him. Keep sowing righteousness. You're going to reap God's unfailing love. 
But you also need to do this. Break up your unfallow ground. How many know we all have unfallowed ground in our life? Morning by morning. God wakes me up and lets me know, there's some plowing to do, Mark. There's some unproductive areas in your life. There's some ground in you that needs to be broken up because God is looking for fruit, more fruit, much fruit, a harvest. Break up your unfallow ground. Sow, sow, and continue to sow, and you're going to reap a harvest. It's time to seek the Lord till he comes. What time is it? It's time to seek the Lord. Paul, in 2 Corinthians, our final scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Speaks about what time it is. Not chronologically on our watch. You'll never see it on your cell phone. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, in verse 2, for he says, and in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I tell you what time it is, Paul says. It's the acceptable time. It's the day of salvation. It's a time that God shows favor. Discerning the time. This is the day of grace. God is favorable to us. God is gracious to us. This isn't the day of judgment, although that day is coming. This is a day of grace. His ears are open to hear our cry. In the Zimbabwe culture, I've watched the people of Zimbabwe. They are very discerning concerning where a person is at when they want to ask that person for something. Maybe it's an employee asking the employer for time off of work. Maybe it's asking the, for a raise. Or maybe there's something they're wanting. They'll read the person's face very carefully. They'll see what kind of mood they're in, and they'll know whether to ask or not. And sometimes they'll get on the verge of asking and not because they don't think it's the right time, that there's a, it's, it's a favorable time to ask. But God says, this is a time of my favor. I hear you when you cry. Now's the accepted time. Now's the day of salvation. God's encouraging us. Now's the time. Whatever we're lacking, wherever we're struggling, whatever areas of temptations and trials, and I want to touch on some things tonight that I believe will help people who are going through a time of testing. I believe it's a word for us in this culture in America. How many know sometimes you can't see the trees for the forest? When you're kind of in it, and, 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 and it helps to get another perspective, to get a 
perspective to look at and say, oh, okay. The good news is, Paul says, I tell you, now is the time of salvation. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the time when he hears you when you cry. God wants us to seek him until he comes to us. I believe God is going to come to the church like never before. Some churches will miss it. God's coming to a neighborhood near you. Okay. God is coming to your house. Okay, he's going to come knocking on you. Let's just, let's just tell you the way. God's coming. We don't know. He's coming, though. We don't, he's coming. Be ready. Be seeking him because he's coming. Some churches, be, and some believers, it'll just be business as normal. And there's a faithfulness there, but they're going to miss something special because God is coming. It says in Acts chapter 2, there will be times of refreshing and times of restoration in Acts chapter 2. It says, Jesus, whom heaven must receive and retain until the times of refreshing and restoration, which the prophet spoke about. It will also be a time of a falling away. How many know it will be the best of times and the worst of times? It will be dependent on whether you're in Zion, hearing God's voice as he speaks from heaven, shaking things. When he spoke, the earth shook. He says he speaks again, and the one that speaks from heaven, we need to hear. We're going to talk about that tonight. How do we deal with temptation and testings? How do we overcome the idolatry that is in our culture? Do we recognize there's idolatry in our culture? God's coming. It's a time of his favor. It's a time of visitation. Would you just bow your heads with me? And would you ask the Lord, I find myself every day asking the Lord to show me what time it is, what I need to do, what's next, what is he saying? What time it is in my life? It's definitely been halftime in my life. I'm in the second half. If you'd pray that with me today, just say this from your heart to the Lord. You can say it with your lips. Lord, help me to know what time it is to interpret and discern the time in my life. What you're wanting to do in me and through me, what you're saying, help me to understand the seasons, to know the times, what I need to do. Work in me, Lord, both to will and to do your good pleasure. There's anybody here this morning as our eyes are closed, as we're looking to the Lord and humbling ourselves before him. There's anybody here today that needs to commit their life to Jesus Christ. Just lift your hand right where you're at. Maybe it's a recommitment. 
time to call on him. And to become committed to Jesus Christ. His life in you. Father, I want to thank you for full gospel assembly. Each person here this morning. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would apply this word to their life. That they would be able to redeem the time. They would know what kind of time it is and how to redeem the time, how to use the opportunities that you give them. They'd be faithful and wise. They would continue to sow in righteousness. That they would break up unfallowed areas in their life. There'd be a great harvest in their life of righteousness. Lord, I pray that you would come to us, Lord, and that we would recognize your coming to us, that we'd open our heart wide, that we would commune with you and fellowship with you, that we would know you and know what we're called to, the hope of our calling and the power that is available, that we would know you better, Lord, and better. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want to turn back over to Pastor Pruitt. Again, we appreciate your partnership. And thank you for attending to God's Word with me. Thank you, Pastor. Anybody want to get saved today? He preached about the time. The time will come and go before you recognize it. Your time is today. It's high time you serve God.
say go and shut the door. There is one more day of grace. One more day of grace. There is one.